Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the church behind the program, how to contact us, and to learn more about the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 5 and 6 about how to bear one another's burdens. You can be assured that when false doctrine permeates a fellowship, it begins to divide people. And this is what Satan loves. And especially when you're talking about a gospel issue, not a a view about eschatology, not a view about Calvinism and Arminianism. When you're talking about how one is saved, the enemy loves those debates because it divides people. And so people in the Galatian church, false teachers had come in and said, unless you're circumcised and keep the food laws, etc., keep the, the Torah, you cannot be saved. And people were divided in this fellowship. And you can see in verse 26, and this is the way I take it, that people were becoming conceited that their position was correct and they were provoking one another and challenging one another and envying one another. The word provoke is an interesting word. It means to challenge someone to combat or an athletic contest. The way we might say it today is if you had a a buddy and he was talking about his prowess as a golfer or a racquetball player, you might say something like this. Oh, yeah? You think you got game, bro? Let's throw down. I'll meet you at high noon. Right? (laughs) You you, You think you're all that and a bag of chips? I'm not sure if that's even acceptable phrase anymore, but anyway. This is what they were doing. They were calling one another out and provoking one another. But it was on probably on a doctrinal basis. You know, maybe they started to sing songs to one another. My doctrine's better than yours is. My doctrine's better than yours. (laughs) You can laugh. It's okay. If you want to. If, If it's worth laughing at. I don't know. Anyway. Imagine a church that gathers to be conceited, to provoke one another, and to envy one another. The word envy is a word that is ugly in Scripture. It's the idea of, you know what, I want what you have. I want to take what you possess. It's the opposite of burden-bearing. It's all about us. On the night before that Jesus, uh, Jesus died on the cross, he stooped down, as we looked at a few weeks ago, and he washed the disciples' feet. He took on the job of the lowest slave, And he was modeling something because they were arguing. I want you to hold your place in Galatians and turn to Luke 22. Luke 22, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Take a look. Um, They were arguing, the apostles were, about which of them was the (laughs) greatest. I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. Little Muhammad Ali. Luke 22, look at verse 20. Luke 22, 20. And in the same way, Jesus took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Here we are at the Last Supper with the institution of communion. But behold, the hand of the one betraying me, 21, is with, uh, is with mine on the table, 22, 22. For indeed, the Son of Man is going as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to discuss among themselves, What? which one of them it might be who was going to do this thing. They didn't know it was Judas. And then there arose also a dispute among them as to which one of them was regarded to be the 
Great. It's the Last Supper. Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. The person who's, you know, reaches in with me or I hand the piece of bread to. And, and what happens? I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. No, I'm. Oh, you're going to die, Lord. Okay. You're going to be betrayed. Okay. Let, let's talk about us for a minute. At the Last Supper, they were arguing about which one of them was the greatest. They were envying one another, provoking one another, doing everything that Galatians 5.26 says, don't do it. Why do we do it? <laughs> because sometimes, back to Galatians 5, we walk in the flesh. If you read on in that Luke passage, you'll see that that's when Jesus tells Peter he's going to fall and deny him three times that night. And could it be brothers and sisters, that part of Peter's fall was his pride. We all have studied other passages and said, indeed, Peter was involved in that debate about which one was going to be the greatest. And then right after that, the Lord tells Peter, you're going to fall tonight. See, when we get in the flesh, we set ourselves up for a fall. And this is the battle we've been talking about in Galatians chapter 5, that the flesh wars against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. The two are contrary one to another so that sometimes you don't do the things that you wish. Have you ever walked away from a conversation and, and said, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why did I act that way? The flesh, <laughs> right? You give into the flesh and you do dumb things. And here, some of the things described in verse 26 have to do with the fruits of the flesh, which we studied back in verses uh, around 19 through 21. That's what we shouldn't do. What should we do? Look at verse 1 of chapter 6. Brethren, Galatians 6, 1. Brothers, ESV, NIV, the Greek word adelphoi. Even if a man is caught in any trespass, and I want you to imagine that the person here who's caught in a trespass could be someone who you got a problem with. Could it be that the person in chapter 6, verse 1 is someone who's been provoking you? Someone who's been on the other side of the debate? Someone who's imbibed or embraced a false gospel? Someone who's lost their way? Someone who maybe challenged you, envied you, provoked you? And now, all of a sudden, that person's laying on the side of the road. They've been caught in a trespass. And I think we need to consider, although I haven't seen this in a lot of the commentaries, I think we need to consider that this person could be a person who uh, embraced a false gospel. In other words, this is maybe not just a moral failure. This could be, because sometimes we think if caught in a trespass means someone fell morally, like they gave into sin or they, uh, you know, they, uh, they stumbled in some uh, thing with honesty or in their marriage or in their witness. But here, it could be that a person was caught in a false gospel. Just a consideration. If, if, even if, if this happens, and we know it does, if a man is caught in any trespass, that's a pretty sweeping statement. The word trespass is the idea of a sin. We'll get into the details in a second. You who are spiritual, what's the job of the church? Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, lest you too be tempted. Now to start at the end and work back for a moment, one of the postures that we're to have in restoring people and bearing burdens is to look to ourselves because we too could fall on our face. If you think that you can't fall to sin, if you think you're above all that, then you're in verse 26, you're conceited. <laughs> and you better check your heart. 
In fact, the way that we should live is always with the awareness that our flesh could fall at any moment of time. That's how you walk realistically. You don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. You think of yourself with sober judgment, Romans 12, verse 3. You understand who you are. And as long as you've been walking with the Lord and as many Bible verses as you have memorized, it doesn't mean that you couldn't fall. Peter fell that night and probably because he was prideful. Because he said, though all forsake you, I never will. I have times in my life when I feel extremely strong spiritually. But then I could two hours later feel so weak. And this is where we need to understand that we need the Lord and we need one another. The word caught, if anyone is caught in a trespass, is the idea of being taken by surprise. It's not a premeditated evil here, something that someone's been planning for a while, but rather it's a person that caved to a surprise attack. That's what we're dealing with, with a person who is caught or overtaken in a trespass. They were blindsided. Ever been there before? Ever been just walking on your merry way, you know, Walking as a Christian and you got blindsided by a situation or a moment and you can't believe how you responded to it? It happens. It wasn't premeditated. It wasn't something I went out looking for. I got blindsided. And we all know that the enemy, if you think about warfare, think about uh, just fighting a war. If you were a general, you want a, a surprise attack is one of the best ways to beat your enemy. Amen. You catch them when they're off guard. You catch them when they're having a party. You catch them when they're sleeping. When they don't expect it coming, that's when you fire away and you can probably beat them rather easily. In fact, when Babylon fell, this is what the Persian army did. Uh, there was Belshazzar having his party and the Persian army was just a little ways away, ready to take Babylon, this world empire, down. And this is how the enemy of our souls works. He doesn't typically come and introduce himself. Hello, my name is Lucifer. It's my intention to destroy your life, your family, your witness, your career. Here's my ID card unless, in case you need verification of my identification. Right? That's not how it works, brethren. He is subtle. There's an old song that says, devil with the blue dress, blue dress on. <laughs> Sorry if you have blue on today. I'm not looking at any of you, right? But this is the way it works. And all of a sudden, we, we get a view of the church and remember that um, earlier in chapter one, Paul says, even if we or an angel of, from heaven should preach any other gospel, let him be anathema. And if part of what Paul is saying is people who have been uh, given into a false gospel, you can see them now off track. Or if it's a moral failure, and you, maybe you can imagine a face or two right now, you know people, we could go back over the last decade and talk about pastors who have had very public falls, and anyone could fall. And here we have these people caught. They've, uh, they're in a trespass. This is the Greek word para patoma. It's the word for transgression here. And it literally means a side slip or a failure. The word can mean a deviation from truth if anyone is caught in a trespass. Falling into sin or error is hard and painful. It, the, the idea of side slip means to fall off the course or fall by the wayside. And walking in the Spirit means to be on the right course, to be in step with the Spirit. So these are the people who have fallen off course. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. My plans were not for this. Shane Lance would like to invite you to a night of worship at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. You know, it is so important for us as individual believers, as we are individually seeking Christ, to have times where we can come together to see the name of Jesus Christ exalted and lifted high. With a personal testimony. What a great way to just spark a fire in somebody's life again, to show them the the power that there is in the name of Jesus, the things that God can do, and the way He can change our life. Anybody is welcome, and maybe you have that friend that you've been trying to get back into church, and they've been telling you, oh yeah, you know, I want to get back to church, but I've had work, or I've had this, or I've had that. This is a great event to invite that friend to to get them back surrounded with other believers. A night of worship at Living Truth Christian Fellowship this Sunday night at 6 p.m. Visit walkintruth.com for more information or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app. I'll cry out, shout out your name for I know that I'm not forsaken. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. There's an old song that says, Devil with the blue dress, blue dress on. <laughs> Sorry if you have blue on today. I'm not looking at any of you, right? But this is the way it works. And all of a sudden, we, we get a view of the church and remember that... Um, Earlier in chapter 1, Paul says, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach any other gospel, let him be anathema. And if part of what Paul is saying is people who have been uh, given into a false gospel, you can see them now off track. Or if it's a moral failure, and maybe you can imagine a face or two right now, you know people, we could go back over the last decade and talk about pastors who have had very public falls, and anyone could fall. And here we have these people caught. They've, uh, they're in a trespass. This is the Greek word para patoma. It's the word for transgression here. And it literally means a side slip or a failure. The word can mean a deviation from truth if anyone is caught in a trespass. Falling into sin or error is hard and painful. It The the idea of side slip means to fall off the course or fall by the wayside. And walking in the Spirit means to be on the right course, to be in step with the Spirit. So these are the people who have fallen off course. They have deviated from the truth, and that's why it could include the embracing of a false gospel. You may know somebody who was right now, sometime a professing Christian who's embraced a false gospel. And you say, how could that happen? This person was so orthodox. This person had such a right-on understanding of the Bible. How is it that they're over here right now? Well, they've taken a side slip. They've, they've gone off course. And our job is not to beat them when they're down, to expose them on Facebook, to stomp on them. No, our job is to do what? Is to restore them. Brethren, If any man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, what's our job? We're in the restoration business, brethren. We're to restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. 
Now, the issue is put before us in chapter 6, verse 1. If anyone gets off course, our job is to restore. The Greek word for restore is katartizo. Interesting word. It's a word that's used in the New Testament for the equipping of the saints. It's a word used in the Gospels of uh, James and John mending their nets. It's a word used in the medical field for the resetting of a bone. And it's used in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament, for the rebuilding of the walls in Jerusalem in Ezra 4, verses 12 and 13. It's the idea of rebuilding. It's the idea of restoration. It's the idea of restoring back to original health and vitality. The job of the church, at least a part of our job, is restoration of broken and fallen people, including Christians, and trying to restore them back to spiritual vitality. And that's something that we, we need to really understand in our mission. In the context, it could have the idea of moral restoration, but it could be doctrinal restoration as well. You might ask, well, who could do this? Whose job is it? Is it the pastor's job, the elder's job, the deacon's job? No, the, the only requirement is that you're spiritual. <laughs> you say, well, what does that mean? I don't feel really spiritual. <laughs> I remember uh, we used to play, we used to see Buddy Suter, a, a pastor who was in this community for a long time, and uh, he's since gone home to be with the Lord, but uh, Buddy, you know, he was a walking uh, file of biblical knowledge. He had great insight into the scriptures. And I would see him on the golf course and I'd say, how you doing, buddy? And he would say, oh, I'm not doing that great. And he'd always add this, I'm not that spiritual. And we'd be in a meeting with other pastors and he would crack a joke and we'd say, buddy. And he'd say, I'm not that spiritual. That's a good line to have in your back pocket. Gets you probably out of a lot of trouble. I'm just not that spiritual. <laughs> but the truth is, but he was spiritual. It was kind of a running joke. And you say, well, what, what, is it, what does it mean to be spiritual? It simply means that you're walking in the Spirit. You all have the Holy Spirit as believers. So to be spiritual means you're walking in the Spirit. That qualifies you to restore people. You don't have to call the church, hey, somebody needs restoring. Can any, is anybody there to help me out? <laughs> no, no, you're a Christian and the Lord brought that person into your life. Maybe you should try to restore them. Could you give me 10 Bible verses that could help? Okay, we could do that. But you have the goods because you have the Spirit. Amen? And sometimes in order to restore somebody, it's just a matter of hearing them, entering into some of their pain, praying for them, saying, you know what? I'll be someone who will help you with accountability. You don't have to be some spiritual doctor, so to speak. You don't have to have a bunch of degrees. You just have to have a heart like Christ. That's what qualifies you. Who can do it? How should you do it? In a spirit of what? Gentleness. A person who's fallen by the side of the road doesn't need a lecture. Do you know why you fell down there? And you're all scraped up the way you are? Let me tell you. This is what happens. <laughs> In fact, didn't I? I told you so. Didn't I tell you? As you're bleeding by the side of the road, right? Or we have the image that Jesus painted of the Good Samaritan and the religious people avoided the man taken by thieves, left for dead, right? But the Good Samaritan helped the man, entered into his pain, put him on his beast of burden, paid for his uh, room, uh, took care of his wounds. This is the idea of restoration. It's the idea of 
You know, not an interview. Why were you walking on the road alone? Why did you, would you carry that much money in your pocket? Don't you know that Robert, 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 Robert? You must not be terribly spiritual. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been beat up like this. The Lord would have protected you. Uh-uh. Anyone can get hurt and fall. And, and in fact, wouldn't we argue that if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, we become even more of a target for the enemy. Peter fell. It's possible that we can fall. And so many have seen Galatians 6.1 as a commentary or a little bit more on Jesus' teaching in Matthew 18. If your brother sins, go to him in private and tell him his fault. Don't talk about him to other people. Go to him. Don't out him on social media. Go to that person and say, can I help? I'm sorry that this happened to you. See, this is what it means to be walking in the Spirit. This is what it means to have gentleness. And I would say, if you're going to do this, brothers and sisters, and we should, wrap everything in prayer. I remember some years ago, we had to approach a brother. This is many, many years ago. I was first in the ministry. And this man was, uh, he was in trouble morally. And he was a leader in our fellowship. And he was not responding to our phone calls. And we were concerned and we all prayed and we went to his house uninvited and he opened the door and we came in a spirit of gentleness. And we said, look, we're only here because we love you. And we had a couple hours of talking and tears and prayer and it wasn't all resolved right there. In fact, as I recollect, it still didn't go well. But we showed up on a mission of gentleness. Gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. Uh, you can see that in Galatians 5, verse 23. It's the Greek word prautes, which is another word for meekness. It's power under control. There's a lot that you could say to a fallen soldier, but you need to keep under control and let the Spirit say, this is what this person needs right now. And sometimes in that setting, you need to tell them their fault. If they're not getting it, of course, you need to say, I'm concerned because this is going on and I love you too much. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Sometimes it's necessary to point it out, but make sure it's bathed in prayer and it's a spirit of gentleness. You're listening to Bear One Another's Burdens, part two on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapters five and six. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program or other teachings in Galatians, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. I just want to say thank you so much to everyone that's given a $5 donation to Walk in Truth. You know, it's our mission to equip you with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're hoping that we're giving you the tools to easily explain the Christian faith to your friends, your family, your coworkers, and to see how scripture applies to today's issues, trends, and cultures. Your $5 donations have helped us broadcast on the station you're listening to now and the podcast app you're using too. So to be honest, we're broadcasting on less stations these days, but we hope to change that. We need more monthly partners to help us grow and move forward in our mission. So can you become a $10 a month partner? We're looking to the future and knowing you'll be there with us when the time comes to grow is reassuring. So please become a $10 a month partner today. Visit walkintruth.com and click on donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on donate. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. 
Well, as we consider burden bearing, you know, God is a burden bearing God. He says, cast your burden to the Lord. Cast your cares to me because I care for you. And sometimes, you know, when we're under heavy burdens and maybe you're going through a financial difficulty, maybe your business has suffered, maybe you have a relationship that's on the rocks and you feel burdened. You know, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, burden, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You may be listening right now, and maybe you listened to Christian radio for the last several months or several years, but you're not a Christian. You never gave the burden of your sin to Christ. You know, he came to bear our burdens to, he was pierced through for our transgressions. He loves you. And you got to give over the burden of your sin first and foremost to him. You got to ask him to save you and repent of your sin and trust in Christ. Hey, if we can help you with that, or if you, if you made a decision to follow Christ, you said, hey, I'm, I'm turning to him right now. Would you let us know at walkintruth.com? Just send us a note or reach out to us at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to hear from you. God bless you. And we'll do our final message tomorrow on September 11th, Friday, September 11th on bearing one another's burdens. God bless you. And we'll see you then. And one more thing, please follow Walk in Truth Show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We'd love to connect with you. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 5 and 6 called Bear One Another's Burdens. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.